Hello and welcome to what is possibly the last ever episode of the unsanctioned, unofficial UCI Women's Cycling Show, which also happens to be our first show. Uh, my name's Dan and Sarah is here with me. Hi, Sarah. Hello. And um, I know next to nothing about women's cycling, but I'm very interested in learning more and uh, have been enjoying learning more over the last 18 months or so. And Sarah knows pretty much everything about women's cycling and we're both smart asses with potty mouths so that's the premise of the show uh stick around and you'll hear us talk about last week's races next week's races olympic races and then shit that we should all care about that nobody does yet and so on and so forth um does that wrap it up reasonably well sarah that sounds good as long as they pe- don't mind me swearing as much too, but that's what happens when you get Brits and Aussies together. It's true. Well, one of the first things that I thought we should uh, touch off on, Sarah, was basically how each of us came to um, an interest in women's cycling. And given that you're actually the expert and I'm also <laughs> the guy, I thought it might be fair to let you go first. <laughs> well, I'm not really an expert. I just... Um... Okay, so I got into track cycling, and Britain hasn't been good at sports for years and years and years, and then suddenly you get track cycling coming along, which is amazing, and it's so exciting, and it's brilliant, and we're really good at it, and I went to Manchester, and that was fantastic to see it, and then there was the Olympics, and we we beat Australia and everything, and that was pretty nice, and gradually got into cycling, writing about, you know, talking on blogs, la 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 la, but... What would happen was every now and again, someone would pop up and go, oh, my God, it's so sexist. No one ever talks about women's cycling. You're all bastards. I hate you all. It's a fucking disaster, disgrace. Well, and we then... are all bastards, to be fair. So. <laughs> oh, I think that's more a coincidence rather than an extrapolation. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, the thing, the thing was, I thought, well, actually, I don't know that much about women's cycling, except for, you know, on the track, it's equal. You know what I mean? You see, you see Victoria Pendleton and Anna Mears as much as you see Chris Hoy. You know, it's just, uh-huh. it's just the way it is. And then you so I thought, started looking into it and you look at Mariana Voss and first of all, you think, oh, <laughs> Oh, how what you've won everything, and you know she's only like twenty one or something yeah. at the time, and it was brilliant. And then, um, to be honest, I'm a little surprised no one's thrown a pump through a front wheel yet. It's <laughs> you know what the weird slow her down. <laughs> the weird thing about Mariana Voss, yeah, is that everyone likes her. It's like pretty much everyone else. You can you can you know what cycling's like, what anything's like. You can see people um, have something bad to say about everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's yeah. like groups and factions and fans and and bitchery but not about mariana voss they all think she's lovely it's quite disturbing it's like damn if only she was nasty we could hate her properly but no she's lovely (laughs) well maybe we should put her in charge of the uci (laughs) and everyone will hate her (laughs) (laughs) so anyway so i started writing about women's cycling i was just basically teaching myself and you look at these races and there's this one called the amakamimbira which has like an uphill time trial in the mountains of the Basque country. And who can't love that? And then you find out about the women's personalities, you know, like uh, Emma Pooley. She's combining doing being an amazing cyclist with uh, with doing a PhD in some kind of horrific engineering. You know, it's just amazing. And it's just fun. <laughs> and so I just started writing about it. And then I found Podium Cafe and Monty's stuff. And then um, Jen asked me to write for Podium Cafe. And it's kind of gone from there. I don't think I'm an expert. I just think I'm 
uh, over-enthusiastic. <laughs> and it just comes out that way. I'm just a fangirl, basically. It's all based on fangirl and making it up. It's having, like, a small world. Um <laughs> You know, if there aren't, if, if, you know, say, for example, I was really into men's football or Manchester United or something, you know, there's like a million other people writing about that every day, but there's, there's not that many of us writing about women's cycling. So you get a lot more credit than you probably deserve. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? Tell me about you and women's cycling. <laughs> I, I started um, sometime, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I guess, probably actually around the time Monty started um, writing semi-regularly on Podium Cafe with um, updates and, and info on women's cycling, I became more aware of it. Uh, probably one of the great tragedies is that I hadn't even really known it existed uh, uh-huh. before that. I, maybe on some level I sort of assumed it did, but it, it just didn't really occur to me, which is probably one of the biggest issues in the sport generally, and I mean in the sport of cycling, not the sport of women's cycling, yeah, but yeah, in the yeah, sport yeah, of cycling yeah. generally. That yeah. I can have identified myself as a fan of cycling for over a decade and not really have known that women's cycling existed. That's not really your fault, is it? Because it's like, I mean, I think things like Twitter and that make it much, much more easier to follow. But, you know, you kind of have to do, I mean, they say, you know, Nicole Cook, she won the Olympic road race and she won the world in the same year. Unprecedented, mm. amazing reaction. And I think there was a little bit about it then, but you still won't, you know, you still won't hear, find out about it on TV, you know? Um, exactly. And, it, and you, that's one of the things have, I think, you know, institutionally, um, the sport really needs to, to work on. Um, yeah. And one of the reasons that I get very frustrated when you, you know, read the the comments of the head of the UCI along the lines of women's <laughs> cycling hasn't reached that point yet. Um, yeah. In relate, well, you know, to be fair to him, he's talking about a minimum wage, but you know, it's such an ass about face attitude to what an organisation should be doing to support and grow a sport that um, I find it infuriating, and I can only imagine it incites women around the world to murderous rage. Um, which... <laughs> it's true. I think it's it's when you've got someone who's involved in like promoting the sport, and it's therefore going, oh well, we can't do that because they're just not good enough. The the immediate answer back is, well, that's your fault then. <laughs> Well, particularly, particularly when you know, like, it's been proven through decades of sports science that if you can free someone up with enough time to focus on training, that it will make huge differences. <laughs> you know, if, if a professional can truly be a professional, <laughs> rather than have to study or, um, you know, work part-time to support themselves, or God help us, one in five professional women cyclists are paying their own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, these are terrifying things when you think about them. Um, anyway, sorry to, to continue my um, interest growing and, and um, moving towards women's cycling. I think the other thing that really impacted me personally, um, I have two young nieces now. Uh-huh. Um, and God help me, ever since they were born, I have become so much more acutely aware of what a man's world we live in. Yeah. Um, I read a hilarious blog post actually yesterday um, which equated the... I can't remember the exact title, but it was something along the lines of if you are a um, straight white male, you're playing life on the easiest setting. I saw that. <laughs> it was such a brilliant article. It really <laughs> broke it down and explained it very well. And, and I think that's 
probably one of the things I, I try not to let my um, my religious upbringing and tendency towards guilt overwhelm me. But I've, <laughs> I've been playing life on the easiest setting, and I didn't even realise it. And I've, I've I lived in that bubble for a long, long time. Um, so and then having, you had yeah, a having two nieces made me really aware of of how unfair so much of um, the world is on a, on a systemic level. And that's the thing is that it's not even malicious or conscious. And in some ways that's far more insidious because people literally aren't thinking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And somewhere in the mix of all of that and the interest in cycling in 2010, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Belgium for um, a few days and was there for, um, the Ronda van Flanderen, which <laughs> I just butchered the name of. I apologise to all our Flanderen clothes. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Um, I had a great day. Met up with a bunch of people from PDC and um, and some friends, and hung out on the side of the Muir. We got really fortunate in that the place we picked was the exact spot where Cancellara past booming <laughs> i thought you were gonna say we got really drunk <laughs> well yeah that too but you know like, some things are just assumed sarah you don't have to so can you know past booning there what, just like, for you <laughs> three and a half feet from me it was crazy um, <laughs> but the the cool thing was on the course of the you know over the course of the day obviously the the women were racing first Mm-hmm. And so you got all the buzz and excitement of this this race coming through. And I was really excited, but at the same time I realised I had no idea who the fuck any of these people were. <laughs> and I felt really self-conscious and quite stupid, um, which, you know, is something I should be more comfortable with. I've lived long enough that I should be okay with how dumb I am. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Between all of those sorts of things, um, I got a lot more interested in understanding and knowing more about this sport. Starting to follow women's cycling and pay attention to it does some pretty interesting things to you. First of all, it strips away every romantic notion you've ever had about sport. And in (laughs) cycling, that's actually pretty important because we, in cycling, romanticize pain. It's kind of the cult aspect of cycling. Oh, yeah. it's so hard, it's so brutal, the climbing Shut and the, the descending and then legs. the climbing again. And, you know, they crash and break things and get back on. They don't even adjust their suit and tie, Stephen Roche. Um, <laughs> but the the thing is that when you look at what the professional women are doing, it is truly phenomenal and it's so brutal at every level that... Um, there's nothing romantic about it at all. I honestly yeah. don't understand why they do it. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, apart from guess... obviously severe mental problems. <laughs> I think it must be a bit like mountain climbing. I mean, I mean, one of the things I think about women's cycling is because it's harder, I genuinely think to get into it, I genuinely think they've probably made a more informed choice about it. You know, I they're like... So. God, I hope so. Yeah, I'd hate but to also, think they got sucked into it by a man in a van with sweets. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's like you, you see the women and they're more I mean this is where I get slightly sexist about the boys. And I don't mean it like this, because obviously it's massive generalizations, but when you look at where the women have come from, they're 
you know, you've got riders with PhDs or studying to be PhDs or who've got who've had these really amazing jobs that they've mm. left. Like you think about, you know, Sharon Laws or Abby Stevens who've yep. left these ridiculous jobs. Or, or, or Miranda Rees. To be yeah. fair, I'd have left those jobs too. I was to get up at four and cover the Asian markets. That's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, you can't say that. Sharon was working in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Miranda Rees was like a radio, you know, a producer on TV. You've yep. got, you've got those kind of people. Then you've got other people like, you know, who decide actually, I've got this university degree or I'm going to go to this really good university and I'm going to become a pro cyclist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of feels like the women, I think that's why I find the women more interesting as well, is the women, they have so many more different kinds of stories, you know? I mean, well, cab- I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I take your point and, and I, I guess particularly just do want to give a nod of the head to the fact that, yes, these are sweeping generalisations. So. <laughs> Um, Which, you know, we're internet, we're daylight-deprived internet forum people, that's what we do, we just make up tweeting. Uh, well, yeah, but we haven't even got to the part where I make up all the stats, so... <laughs> um, you mean Australians, they're 46% more likely to have better stats than Brits or something? <laughs> oh no, our studies show it's 72% more likely. <laughs> 99% more likely to be full of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Only when we've been drinking, which is 100% of the time, so... <laughs> See, we're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, our stats seem to get progressively bigger. <laughs> Talk me through what, uh, what's what been going on in the last week, you know, the, the big races and the big results that we all should be aware of. <laughs> well, the last week they went to China. Yes. and Chongming Island, yes. Chongming Island, it's, it's really hard, right? Okay, so you have, in women's cycling, you've got a year-long competition called the Road World Cup, yeah? Mm-hmm. And it's a series of races, of single races, that you get points for finish, you know, get points for the top uh, 25, 20 people finishing. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the year, it, it's, um, it's, it's all added up and the winner gets a really ugly jersey. <laughs> but, it's, but it's interesting because, like, some of the races, I mean, oh, my God, they're such good races. You, well... This year it starts off with Ronda Van Drenthe, which is just spectacular. It's got like cobbles in under like these really terrible little cobbled roads that are in forests, so they're continually mossy and wet. And then you go three times over the Vanberg, which is a man-made mountain. <laughs> it's a, it used to be a municipal rubbish dump, yeah. It's man-made like, mountain. Oh, no. And it's and it's um and it's like grassed over and it's got like nine percent on one side, which is the side they go up, and twelve percent on the other side. It's brilliant. But Drenthe, they have three women's races, and I think they have some men's. They have a men's stage race and stuff like that at the yep. same time. And it's on TV. Oh my god! And it's brilliant. And it's just like it's this ridiculous race. And one year, Bridie O'Donnell got lost on the way and ended up in a civil war reenactment. Uh, sorry, a Second World War reenactment. <laughs> And it just and in the beginning they drive through a building. It's you know it's mad. It's just got all these little mad things. Anyway, that so it starts off with that, and it's a killer race. It's got this you know it's got cobbles. It's got sharp turny corners. It's got climbs. People break away. It's brilliant, and it's on TV. Awesome. Then you have um, the Trofeo Binder, which is in Italy, mm. and oh my god, that's also on TV. 
and it's hard it's like vicious hard you go on this great big loop and then you come back and you do like nine lap loops which have this killer hill in it mm. and generally emma Poo- um, emma pooley has a really bad a really good habit of attacking like a lunatic and it's just great and it's and it's one in all sorts of different ways you know like one year it's a bunch sprint one year it's a breakaway one year it's solo you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it, it, it's just really good fun because yeah, you can't... Yeah. And there's it. a great series of tactics that could be pulled to, you know, employed to uh, to win the race. Exactly. Yep. Then you get to Flanders, uh, you know, and it's Flanders. It's it's like, it's sometimes, it's, sometimes, it's not always on the exact, it's not the exact same course as the men. It's a bit weird when you look at them. You don't quite understand what's going on. But, you know, whatever. And it's Flanders. Who mm. could not love that race? Um, then they have Flesh Volon. And that's basically the same race as the men's race, but yeah. without the really boring warm-up part. <laughs> <laughs> There's this race called the Rabo Stair, which is bonkers. It's like three stages in Hol- in, Hol- in the bottom part of the Netherlands, yeah? Mm. It's flat. It's on the North Sea. So there are these enormous winds that come yeah. off, bringing bag loads of sand. It's brilliant. And I, they, have this t- they have the ticker. And you're watching the ticker, and just watching the ticker is exhausting, because it's, oh my god, it's about the fucking attack, and catch, and catch, and catch. <laughs> and the small group's gone off, and oh my god, something's happened, and then, then the small group are attacking themselves, and then someone's, you know, someone's coming from the back and doing this and that, and oh, you know, it's really, really, really attritional, and it's really attacking all the way. And which is why I love it, because you don't get, you just don't tend to get that. You read blogs from people who come over to race in Europe for the first time, and they just—you can just read their soul destroying. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had another race of of hell. <laughs> I missed the fucking break again, and it's oh poor poor people. I feel for them. Oh, but anyway, that's a long digression to describe the first part of the World Road World Cup. Yeah, oh, no, that's an an awesome digression, and we still haven't got <laughs> to Chongming, so. That's We're doing a great job of recapping the last week so far. <laughs> but then after those races, the World Cup gets a bit odd, and it's particularly annoying this year. So then they go to China, and the tour of Chongming Island is, it's just, it's, so imagine you've had Flesh Volon, you've had Binder, you've had, you've had Flanders, yeah? And you go to China, and it's completely flat. Mm. Um, completely flat. The, 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 the mountain's point is where they ride up onto a motorway bridge over <laughs> on the, like, like, an island to Shanghai. <laughs> you know, to but the fair, island it's a like... really, really high motorway overpass, though. It's... <laughs> but the, the highest point of the island is four meters high. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of wide highways, <laughs> and that's, so it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it, it's kind of impossible to get away and stay away, and it all ends up in a bunch sprint. Um, this year, it's been quite interesting because, um, okay, so here's some about the calendar at the moment we've lost a fuck of a load of races we lost the tour de load which was um in the olden days <laughs> 10 years ago <laughs> there were there were only there were three women's grand tours yeah mm-hmm. there was um the grand boucle um you know the women's yep. tour de France, even though we're not allowed to say that um the, 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 there was the, the there was the tour de load and the giro yep. and we gradually lost them so we now only have the giro and the tour de load disappeared in 2010 mm. um but because it's olympic year there are all sorts of races that have suddenly popped up that have uci points and mm. um, it's one of the things that you think hmm um we we can't blame china for this chong meng's been going for ages so yeah. that's that's not really but at the moment so they've got the last so the the you and um, the uci points for your olympic qualification um you, the last 
chance is is the 31st of may yeah so mm. there's these races that you've never heard of that are suddenly uci races well yeah, you... but this is this is as i understand it better than their original plan which was just to roll dice you know what they should have just done? They should have just said, oh, well, we want these countries to come. That would have the appearance of racism, Sarah. We couldn't do that. We're well, already no, heavily invested in sexism. <laughs> well, no, it's, I mean, the thing, the weird thing is, okay, so when you look at the top 10 of, of so I'm looking at CQ's top 10, mm-hmm. yeah, um, top top twenty, and you've got like um, Mariana Voss, Annemiek van Vleuten, Kirsten Veld, Ellen van Dyke, Hadri Visser. You know what I mean? We've got like uh, one, two, three, four, five Dutch women in the top twenty in the CQ top twenty. Yeah, who are who are who, in the in, in the CQ? Um, you got four Germans, um, Emma Johansson from Sweden. You know, uh, four Italians, uh, two Brits. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of two 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 from the USA. Yeah. It's kind of so then you have this thing, though, you know, so immediately there are some countries that are better than others, yeah? But with the Olympics, because the UCI's plan is to have, and this is across track as well as as well as well road, their plan is to try and get as many countries there as possible, yeah, and have interna- internationalisation over quality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, actually... The, well, the, I mean, the... that is the Olympics, really, though. <laughs> Don't do that. You no, don't it do is. that. I mean, even in track and field or whatever, the world champs are way more important than the Olympics in terms of actual standing within the sport. Oh, that's true. But you still have like you still have like eleven Americans and America and Australians entering the swimming races, don't you? And you know, you don't. You're not limited to one Jamaican and one um, <laughs> American in the hundred meter fight in hundred meter sprint. Let's not get <laughs> me started on swimming. I just don't understand how that's even a sport. It's so <laughs> boring. Isn't that some kind of a heresy? Aren't you going to ban from your Australian passport? Oh, pretty much. But, you know, I've been angling for a Belgian passport for a while. <laughs> well, you're hoping, you're hoping they'll deport you to Belgium. <laughs> well, you get to choose, don't you? Yeah, I think that's how it works. Well, I'm pretty sure if you're an Australian citizen, you get to choose. <laughs> no, I think if you're Australian sisters and they just go, no. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not sure we need any more bar staff in this country. Well, that's why I was going to Belgium. They got better beer anyway. <laughs> you have to speak Dutch, French, and German. You're going to be do- you're going to be do- That's not true. Anyway, anyway, back to the calendar. So, Chongming Islands. Yeah, yes. we have a three stage tour, a three stage tour, and then we have the World Cup. However, <laughs> this so that's last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. However, this week we've also got the kind of American UCI season starting. Right. Uh, I think um, it's like you have. I mean, it's weird. It's just the way that the, the the way that the calendar works. It's like you almost end up with like little mini seasons in different countries. Yeah. Awesome. So um, you have like a little series of Dutch races. I mean, it's different in Central Europe. You'll have like a different, you know, little section of Spanish races. Yep. You have three or four, but um, this week we have uh, the GP Gatineau. I can't say it. Oh my god, my French! I'm imagining the Canadians wanting to slap me. Um, the GP Gatineau, which is a time trial, which happens on the 19th, and a road race, which happens on the 21st. And they're um, both up uh, Montreal way, aren't they? Yeah, some Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Canada's rather large, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it's. I'm sure it doesn't make a difference whether it's east or west. <laughs> 
well, then then you've got this this brand new tour for this year called the Exergy Tour. Ah, yes, the and famous. In the USA. We're giving yeah. trillions of dollars away Exergy Tour. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're giving billions of dollars away. Except, <laughs> I can't even know if I can say this. You might want to think about not including this. They're giving billions of dollars away, right? But they've designed, one of the riders is Kristen Armstrong, who's like former world championships and Olympic gold medalist in time trial. And funnily enough, the course has got, is it like five day, five day tour or something? It's a five day tour with four and a half days of time trials. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not quite got a stage where you can only race it if you're called Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty much getting there. So anyway, so you've got the Exergy Tour, and that's you know it's a new tour. It's really exciting. It's, it looks like a it looks like a really exciting course, and it's got this really big bag of money attached to it. Um, and it's the last tour before the um, um, before the Olympics. And we've just fucking lost a tour. There was a tour called the Tour de Languedoc-Roussillon in France, which was supposed to run 18th to 23rd uh-huh. of May. And that's gone. That's just, so it's, oh, that's a bit of a bugger. Um, anyway, after Exergy, you've got um, the Liberty Classic, which is this fantastic race in Philadelphia, which is just lovely. And then there's also, um, on the 25th, there's this amazing... So one of the races that contra- that goes with um, the Exergy Tour, and one of the reasons why you won't see a lot of the big, big riders with world's ambitions, is on the 25th, there's this race called Holland Hills, which is basically four times over the Cowberg. <laughs> oh, awesome. It's, yeah, when you look at the map, it's just like, how many times can we get you over the Cowberg and over these horrible hills next to it? And that's on the world's course, yeah, of course, yeah. you know, the world's roads. So anyway, so China. So it wasn't, um, in the past, Ina Yoko Teutenberg, Teutenberg goes to China and just destroys it. Yeah, it's just Ina's race. Yeah. And this year she wasn't there because she's um, in America waiting for these American races. So it's that's a really, really long digression. But what I really want to say is interesting racing in the stage race. It was won by Melissa Hoskins, yeah, who... Right. I didn't put in my team because she's a trekkie. Yeah, ah. she <laughs> she's got a silver medal in um she she won the silver medal in the t- in team pursuit and in the scratch race I think in in the worlds this yeah. year. Oh yeah, yeah, she's going to be great in the future on the road, but she won't ride anything. She's a trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There she is. She won two of the she won two of the two of the stages. First stage won by Melissa Hoskins, Green Edge, Oracle Green Edge. Second stage won by Manu Bakaile of M. Cipollini Giambonini. And then third stage won by Melissa Hoskins again. Mm. And Melissa wins the tour. Then they had the World Cup. And I was quite excited anyway because um, Shelley Olds had, be, had, come, had been on the podium in one of the stages of the, one of the, stages of the stage race. Um, Shelley Olds is American and she started off as a trackie. She really, really, really wanted to win the points race and in the Olympics, yeah? And then it took away the points race. So she's been focusing on being a trackie. And I think in the Olympic qualification period, she's had all these hideous crashes. You know, she, um, she had to pull out the Giro Don last year because she had cracked ribs. And then she, she cr- was in, was caught up behind a crash in Trofeo Binder and broke her wrist. Mm. And then she went to Luxembourg and was caught up behind the crash there. This time, you know, anyway, mm. but then Aspiring cyclists, please drink your milk. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't, it's not, it's not her fault. I think she was always like caught up in crashes where they just hit her. You know what I mean? Mm. Someone else crashes yeah. and yeah. takes her out. And it's just bad luck. Yeah, and unless someone can behind you can bunny hop over you. Yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so Shelley Olds won the World Cup, won the World Cup, which is woo exciting, and it's also exciting because um, she's riding for our, our drink Leontine, uh-huh. and they've got they 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 started off they they hired Shelley, um, and they've got they've got Kirsten Veld, who's this amazing sprinter, and um, but she's again tracky for the for the for the Olympics, mm. and they and then they hired all of the um. Or, but then they hired like this huge chunk of the women who were, um, uh, how to put it, when Garmin dumped them. <laughs> <laughs> when Garmin ruthlessly dumped them. Um, oh. I think they looked, they, 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 were te- they were all rescued by our, by our, our drink. And so you kind of felt sorry for Shelley because suddenly you're thinking, you've got a team that has Kirsten Veald, Lizzie Armitstead and Shelley Olds. And you're thinking, hmm, <laughs> that's a bit like, it's a bit like those kind of, you know, when you, it's just, it's just one of those things where you're thinking, that's one too many sprinters. Mm, <laughs> mm. So it's fantastic to see her win. Yay, Shelley. Um, yeah. So that's, that was, that was the exciting racing this week. Cool. Um, and where does that leave then, um, standings in terms of UCI points and stuff like that for the moment? Well, the stand, what's funny is the standings aren't really, I mean, I think Shelley's bumped up to the top 10 because, uh-huh. sort of top five, because you get 75 points for winning. But because of Mariana Boss's ridiculously good early Doesn't season. Doesn't she just start the season with like 4 million points? Isn't that how it works? Yeah, well, no, no. I mean, generally you think she started late this year because she, um, basically. I know, my team, my entire women's VDS strategy was built around her. In that last year, I learned the painful lesson that there's no point betting against her. So. Exactly. Well, she's just done even better this year. I mean, oh, hopefully, here's what I hope's happening. Hopefully, Mariana is having a break and she's getting up in the morning and going for a nice ride on the canals and, you know what I mean, and riding to somewhere nice to see stuff. Because that girl, if when she has time off, she just gets on her bike and has a nice time. So I hope she's having a nice rest because she started the year by winning the cyclocross <laughs> she, she she won the cyclocross world championships which is just you know which is all which is just great and she she only started racing with the drenthra races and so they have a warm-up race uh in in drenthra called the drent set acht it's basically a fig, in a big figure of eight so you know drent the drent eight and i think yep. she came third in that or second or something like that and then she won then she won the ronde van drentha and then she won the Trofeo Alfredo Binder. And then she couldn't ride Flanders because she was sick. Um, but she rode uh, Flesh Volon and came second to Evie Stevens, which yep. is just a spectacular result for Evie. But, oh, it was a great race too, that one. Was... Oh, oh, just, you know, that was the funniest thing, is just sitting there on Twitter and everyone was going, yeah, brilliant. They've got fixed cameras on the murder he, murder we. And... Uh, <laughs> And we're watching the blokes go around some really dull parts of the set yeah, course yeah. nothing's happening. And we know the women right now are going, you know, are hitting the moor and it's going to be so exciting and we can't see it. <laughs> and this Which is the re- thing that, that kills me is that, you know, the the technology exists very simply to slip at least a picture-in-picture of it, you know. <laughs> so I'm not even asking for the full screen in the men's race to be the small picture. I mean, you can just show that as the small in-screen picture. That's fine by me. I just want to see it. But, you know, what was interesting about it this year is even people who aren't women's cycling fans, I mean, you expect someone like me to be saying it, rant, 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 you know, oh, I want to be able to see it, moan, moan, moan. Yeah. Um, but you don't, but all these, but, you know, people who 
people who don't even know who the main protagonists are. You know what I mean? People who are yeah, just psych yeah. fans. So the, the year Jonathan Vorders demands it, then we'll know we've made it. <laughs> I think you have. But yeah, I mean, I think it's because it's about cycling fans. It's, it's ultimately, it's not about being a fan of women's cycling or men's cycling. At the end of the day, someone's racing up the murder hit, murder we, you know, yeah. it's, that's what we want to see. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of crazy because all of those races, you think, well, just snap to the moor whenever anyone goes over it because yeah. it's people riding up the fucking moor, you know, what, exactly. what exactly. it's just, it, and, and that was really lovely. That was a really lovely thing to see. Actually, was that like people are like, "Hang on a minute, we want to watch cycling," mm. you know? Mm. And, and that's how, that's how I think it should be. And the worlds. I mean, this 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 year was different, but the last couple of years, last say say um, the last three four years, say two thousand eight nine ten, you get people who they're watching the women's race because they're waiting for the men's race, mm. and it's like, and it's on TV, and they watch it and they love it, and then the next day they go. Bloody hell, the women's race was much more exciting than the men's. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, Mendricio and Geelong and, you know, do you know what I mean? It's, it's mm. just a race Because it, well, I mean, just because the rate, that's the way the race has turned out, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, and that's maybe, I mean, maybe I fall into this trap myself, actually. Maybe I shouldn't really be talking about it as women's cycling. I should just be talking about it as cycling. There's some really good things happening. I mean, Eurosport, for example, for the last for this year and last year, David Harmon's company have been making um, clips of uh, of like say it's got like 15 minutes of each women's World Cup race, yeah, mm. and they show them as um, two at a time. So they showed Drenther and Binder, mm. then they show um, Flanders and Flanders and Flechtwallon, and they just chuck them on TV at random times after men's races, and they yeah. do the same. With bike coverage um, and try triathlon. So you you know you you turn it tune in to watch I don't know what you know some race that some 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 blokes race, and then you stay to watch the women and it's yeah. just on at random times. So you turn on your TV and then you've got oh my god it's amazing and it's narrated by David Harmon so it sounds exactly the same as you know as as, as cycling coverage sounds. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not something different and that's that's nice and. Yeah, I, I it's, it's am, getting better. Well, I'm surprised on the technological front, though, that um, production companies aren't actually approaching sports in particular, and, and definitely a sport like cycling, which is on the fringes anyway, mm. um, with more gusto for the, the internet distribution model. Because, yeah. you know, the, the thing is, here we are, um, opposite ends of the world, quite literally, talking about... <laughs> a niche of a niche sport yeah and you know we would both watch avidly if someone would just give us fucking pictures and, <laughs> you know so in a lot of ways the the traditional broadcasting model shoots itself in the foot anyway i mean it's hard enough arguably to get an audience in italy you know, yeah. and and so then you've got to try and convince someone in France and Belgium and the Netherlands and the UK and the US and Australia and China <laughs> and wherever else to broadcast this thing again. And they're all yeah. going, well, we've got a potential audience of, you know, X million. And our stats show that only four of those people ride bikes and give a shit about it. <laughs> uh, you know, whereas if you added up the actual global audience, you would have a real audience. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and, and and these things grow. I mean, when you watch, I don't know what your Eurosport is like or SBS is like, but when you watch Eurosport, you'll turn it on at certain times of the year, and they'll be doing ten pin bowling. Or um, one they, they didn't show a men's race. There was a men's race on which when they showed the junior fencing world championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, like, uh, and it's just like, and I'm sure they're incredibly cheap to show. <laughs> but it's it's a really weird thing. And here's a weird thing. Every woman's race, every major woman's race is videoed all the way through anyway. Yeah. Mm. And the UCI put up a clip um, about a week after the race of like 15 minutes with no commentary on it. And that's the film that, and that's the film that Harmon uses. Um, to, I think he's, you know, he's, he's to, to do the, to do the yeah. clip off of it. It's like, and you know, it's like every, fucking race is videoed all the way through and there's this See, video and it's sitting there. There's a couple there. of problems with that. One, uh, it, uh, assuming that streaming it live is, you know, and, and there are technical barriers to doing that. So it's got to be recorded yeah. and then streamed after the fact. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a bit of basic editing. I, You could put basically the Benny Hill theme song to that and, and people <laughs> are still going to watch it. It actually kind of suits the attacking nature. da 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 be fantastic i'd watch that i mean i sound like I, I feel like i'm complaining a lot tonight and i don't i don't want what i don't want is to complain i mean i well i do of course i'm british i like to complain it's <laughs> like i'm <laughs> support killing <laughs> and complaining off. those are the two things yeah <laughs> i mean but it is and it's gonna be it's interesting to see what will happen next because obviously with the olympics it's you know it's the olympics and it's it's the it's the races that everyone wants to watch and you know i can imagine that more people are going to tune in to watch Vicky Pendleton and Anna Mears than, than a lot of men's races because mm. bloody hell they're good. And, you know, there's polemica. And if I was the, if I was the IOC, if I was the, the, the UCI, I would have, I would have by now made a, a, a cast iron way that Vicky P and Anna Mears can only meet in the final. <laughs> oh, really? I would have gone I, a completely I, different I, direction and insisted that they carry swords. <laughs> Sword jousting. Oh, my money would be on Mersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. Well, it's a spectacle, you know, track standing and sword fighting. That's, you know, oh. improving cycling I mean, I think, and fencing. I think you're on to something. <laughs> no, no, it would be swords. It would be giant it would be giant poles with boxing gloves on the end. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember. This, this did have a this did have a point at one point, and I've completely lost the track because. That's quite you know. right. I think the next thing for us to move on to is what's coming up in the next. Okay, week. so what? So what's coming up next week? So America, um, North America. So on one hand, we've got North America. We've got, as I said, um, in that really small place called Canada. Mm, yes. <laughs> GP Gatineau. Um, this weekend, the and then we go into the Exergy tour, which you know, new tour, brilliant. And at the same time, um, we also have uh, down in South Africa the Tour de Free State, yep. which is a new is new on the UCI calendar. And um, what do I know about the Tour de Free State? It's four stages. Um, it's its first ever t- it's its first ever ride, and I'll just have a look at who's riding it. And we don't have a star list, but uh, yeah. But I know that Emma Johansson's going down there, for example. I think she wanted she was expecting to ride in France because that doesn't exist. Um, yeah, there's also, oh, so yeah, so this week we've got, um, Guick tomorrow in Belgium. Um, then we've got the Chrono, the Gatineau races in Canada and the Exergy Tour in America and the Philly Classic. That's that little, um, block. Yep. Um, in Venezuela, we've got a whole load of races that, that may or may not be happening. 
Who knows? And there's a tour in Russia at the moment, and there's going to be the tour in South Africa. And all, for me, the most important race that I'm going to be looking forward to is Holland Hills on the 25th, because that is always a lovely, lovely, lovely race. Four times over the Cowbird. Madness. Dutch racing. Bonkers. Brilliant. So basically, the peloton is completely divided. Yeah, there's cool. it's it's they're going to be split. They're split in what? What's that? So south, that's south, like seventeen America, different directions, isn't it? Exactly, South America, North America, Africa, Europe. You know, it's that's quite cool. Oh, I understand now. UCI's plans for women's cycling completely divide. <laughs> no, they're to the furthest corners well, of the earth. The cynical part of me is going to be interested in what happens this time next year. It's great. You've got, you've got women riding all over the world, you know, North America, South America, Africa, Russia, um, Europe. It's, it's really, um, did I just say South Africa? Yes, I did. And that's fantastic. And on the one hand, that's great. And especially to see races in South Africa where you've got teams like Momentum Toyota who've been working so hard to, to, to promote women's cycling and, and the national, the national squad is great and they've been doing really well. So it's, you know, it's nice to see them get some love. But at the same time, you wonder how many of these UCI races are going to be around next year. Mm-hmm. So last thing I was going to ask, is there anything that we need to update in terms of, um, <clears throat> Olympic teams? Cause I know you were worried that, uh, the Brits were being edged out from a fourth round. Oh. Well, we're, we're, we're a bit fucked, to be honest. Um, so how it works is on the 31st of May, the, the, the top five riders in the UCI ranking on that date will get to send four riders to, the, to, to, to race the road race, yeah? And then the next batch from six to 13 gets to send three, and the next amount down get two, and the next amount down get one. So the Netherlands has got number one, um, mostly on Ms. Mariano Voss. But even if you took Voss's points off, they'd still be like, They'd still be like second best in the world or something. It's scary how good they are. And then Germany, Germany and Italy are doing really, really well. And then it, you, it was at one point Sweden, GB, and the USA. Yeah. Yep. And next, next down the rankings, um, with with the USA, we're going to only get three riders. But the USA have had a spectacular year. I mean, firstly, they're very clever. They sent their riders to races like Venezuela. They've sent their riders anywhere they, where you can get points. Mm. But then had Kristen Armstrong came second in Flanders. And then Eddie Stevens won Flesh Volon. And then Shelley Olds won the Chongming Island World yeah. Cup. So yeah, they're pretty much locked their place in. So the battle for fifth is going to be between Sweden and GB. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and the only thing, and and it's slightly problematic because all the races that the Brits were good at have been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Emma, po- Emma Pooley, she's amazing. She's fantastic. She's brilliant. You know, she she she's won flesh full on. She couldn't contest it this year because she got hit by a bloody race motorbike. Mm. Um, had a hit by mechanicals and couldn't compete. Um, you know, didn't even get to get get didn't even get to the moor for the, you yeah. know, for the final time. And then um, the Tour Languedoc-Roussillon, which was going to be, I think it was going to be Lizzie, Sharon and Emma riding there. That's cancelled. That's a bit of a problem. Mm. The only thing we can hope is that Emma, is that the Swedes do worse than us. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Emma Johansson will go to the Tour de Free State and win it and, or something like that. And, we'll be, and, and then we'll be, we'll be down to only three riders. But yes, um, yes, we're, we're, we're waiting for the 31st of May when we hear who gets what. And then we can have massive amounts of polemica about who gets to ride for which team. 
So watch out for that because that should be awesome. It'll be it'll be political political tensions ahoy, um, lots and lots of things to discuss, and highly um, highly high, well. I'm a geek, so I love it. You know, yep. um, Italy they've got a pretty easy team decision. Um, in Britain's probably got a pretty easy. If we get four riders, it's going to be pretty simple to know who to send. You know, the Aussies, I think, I think they they've probably got their their ride. You know, they've probably got their team down. But yeah. yeah it's going to be fun times basically um and then we have so yeah so then we'll, we'll know who's going and we'll be able to watch be able to start 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 deciding how the race is going to go it's going to be great awesome cool well <laughs> i look forward to it i look forward to catching up with you again and discussing more in the world of women's professional cycling well thank you very much for your time thank you sarah have a great night i'll uh, talk uh, to you soon